What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver, and gig economy news, and more. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideshareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. Uh, I'm your host, SJ, and as usual, it is time to get it on. So January 29th, tomorrow, we have Inauguration Day and a change in president. Um, wow, I mean, it just is very surreal. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's happening. And in fact, tonight, uh, the President Trump is in the White House and right across the street is Biden. This is probably the closest proximity they will ever have to each other uh, here forward. <laughs> Um, but they won't be seeing each other, but they're across the street from each other. So last week we talked about, um, rideshare manifesto and we began it. And this week I've worked, I've worked on it a little more. Um, and it is completed to a point. Well, it is completed. It need it's probably going to need some, uh, fine tuning and people to, to join in, but that's why this can be a project. It will be posted on uberliftdrivers.com to read as well as, uh, we're going to read it here on the podcast again tonight. I'm going to have Marissa read it as it stands right now. And then, um, it'll just be a work in progress. And for people out there wondering why it was done, um, I did the rideshare manifesto because there needs to be revision in the way that rideshare drivers are paid and to make sure that these companies get to a profitability point. Because if they don't, there won't be drivers to pay because they won't be needed because this business would go out of business in a few years. As we've sold, they've, they've offloaded all the dead weight like we talked about. They don't have Elevate. They don't have Autonomous. They don't have Micromobility. They are more just um, basically into rideshare and uh, app-based food delivery. So the whole technology thing is out the window that they're a tech company. That is uh, now kind of proven itself now that AB5 happened, Prop 22 overturned it. And uh, they're just kind of running with it now as what it is, a middleman platform. Um, to provide driver or, or to be able to put drivers in connection with riders. And it's pretty much just that simple. They tried to avoid that definition during all the AB5 and Prop 22 stuff, but that is what it is now. And uh, I think this is important to talk about at this point because, yes, California AB5 uh, passed and went into effect January 1st of 2020, so a year ago and change. And uh, the pandemic hit and Prop 22 came up and Prop 22 passed by close to 7 million votes in California. Um, and now there are many groups trying to call Prop 22 unconstitutional. And sue on that effect. So this isn't over. 
even though Uber started going on their victory laps and, you know, I don't know about Lyft so much. I, I focus on Uber when I say this, but even though they started their victory laps about all this in reality, uh, they were getting ahead of the curve with the states that wanted AB5 if it all went well in California. They didn't even get to see it play out in California because Prop 22 shut it down. That's why Uber probably got a jump on those states to start solidifying this same type of thing that were ICs. Um, the way Uber wants us to be ICs is not ideal. Uh, the way AB5 w- wanted to force employment on ICs is is not good. There has to be a ground in the middle. And as best I could, I have come up with that. And we have the draft that will be posted. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it will have revisions. Uh, I look forward to hearing comments, emails, anything about it. You'll be able to find it on uberliftdrivers.com tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, please comment on it. and We'll, we'll keep uh, going forward with it. But this will be the last night we do it tonight, and I'm going to have Marissa read it. We're going to come back on the other side, talk a little bit about it, and uh, that's going to be it for tonight. Next week, um, we have a guest. I will get to that on the other side of all this. For now, if you remember how last week went, I'm going to have Marissa read this because only dictators write and read their own (laughs) manifestos. So again, and folks, this was done with a slight of humor. However, it's a dark humor because uh, these companies, you know, as much as I want to be an IC, I don't want to be an employee, um, these companies are taking advantage of it. They're trying to play uh, to the better of both angles on that, um, calling us ICs, but taking advantage of some employment type things, it needs to get shaken down, shaken out, and we need to come up with some solutions. So without further ado, I bring to you the rideshare manifesto. The transportation network company, TNC is an app-based rideshare industry, the details of which are still being defined. Rideshare companies such as Lyft or Uber, as well as drivers and customers, all have expectations and responsibilities in order for the services to be sustained. This requires that drivers' wage rates be 75% of the money collected from each of the customers for a completed ride and that rideshare companies receive 25% of the total charge to the customer. A transportation network company is a company, corporation, partnership, trust, association, sole proprietorship, or similar organization that uses a digital network to connect riders to drivers to provide prearranged rides. A prearranged ride is the transportation by a driver of a rider that, one, begins when the driver accepts a request from the rider through a digital network, two, continues while the driver transports the rider, and three, ends when the last rider exits the vehicle. A rider is an individual or individuals who use a digital network to connect to a driver and receive a prearranged ride between points the individual or individuals choose. 
setting the percentage cap at 25% on app-based rideshare companies would allow rideshare drivers to be classified as independent contractors. Providing rideshare drivers with some protections not only saves jobs, it also provides an equitable system for drivers providing the service. App-based rideshare drivers would benefit from three things. Cap the rideshare company's fee per fare at 25%, protect workers who organize from intimidation or retaliation, and require that company data collection and reporting become public. Flex hours and working multiple platforms still remains possible for the rideshare drivers under this plan. Uber argues that drivers are independent contractors. This was recently contested by the AB5 law in California. On November 3, 2020, Proposition 22 exempted app-based gig companies from the new AB5 employment law. Proposition 22 cost Uber just over $70 million to get passed, with other states lining up to try to eliminate the right to be an independent contractor. Rideshare companies taking a straight 25% for being a software-as-a-service, SAAS, business would clearly show that rideshare drivers are independent contractors. I think Zoe Tucker's National Employment Law Project conducted at Yale Law School illustrates this well by saying that Uber can't have it both ways. Workers in these companies are providing the core work, the very essence of the employment relationship, yet while claiming that workers are independent contractors, the companies try to have it both ways. They often manage the workers as if they were employees, unilaterally setting rates for services, dictating how the services are provided, and screening, testing, training, evaluating, promoting, and disciplining workers based on the standards of the company's set. Insurance. Under this plan, Uber would not be able to pay a driver's insurance. However, they are not allowed to pay a driver's insurance now. Being independent contractors means rideshare companies can't provide insurance, same as it has been to date. They could establish a system where total hours on platform each month would determine the tier in which your monthly bonus or stipend would pay the difference between your already paid regular insurance and commercial insurance. Another big problem right now in the rideshare industry is that drivers are encouraged to have commercial insurance, but not required. Vehicle inspections, medical exams, proof of registration and insurance and proof of valid licenses are required. Having the insurance needed to provide rideshare services are not required. Uber benefits. End to the lawsuits. Battling state by state over independent contractors versus employee status. Establishing true independent contractor status by the new federal test, which, unlike California's AB5 test, allows a more fair way of testing a person's employment status. The Rideshare Manifesto, this Rideshare Manifesto may seem like it is restricting the rideshare company's abilities to earn in a free market America, when actually it would do the opposite and create profit for the rideshare industry. Rideshare companies have been putting off the inevitable for years, raising prices. Instead, they have chosen to subsidize losses in order to undercut their competitors. The bottom line here is these companies must start making a profit Without a path to profitability for the rideshare companies, there will never be positive change for the drivers performing the work. 
Connecticut State Representative Joe Paletto said, I think it is going to result in higher fares. Correct. Without higher fares, there is no way for the rideshare companies or the drivers to optimize profits on the platforms. That is something that everyone on all sides agrees on. Rates must rise. People will still use the platform, as even the riders know the rates are low. Okay, folks, so that is the Rideshare Manifesto as it stands right now. Um, If you are hearing this, uh, it's going to launch late again on Tuesday this week, and then we will get back to uh, the afternoon launch or drop of the podcast next week. But this is just kind of uh, taking me a little off course doing the last two weeks like this. But um, that's where it stands right now. Now, obviously, you could use some work, but this is more work than uh, Uber or Lyft have even put into doing things like this. Or, I mean, I'm sure that they are finding their own ways. But, um, yeah, I'm going to – so thanks to Marissa for reading that. But I also want to talk to her about a couple things because, um, I don't know, I just want to – so thank you for reading that, Marissa. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, of course, no problem to read that. Um, I think it's great. I've always felt like the rideshare companies need to go back to a set split fee for the drivers and the riders. I think it makes sense on so many levels. Yeah, I mean, obviously it even made sense to them in the beginning because that's how you and I came on (laughs) and that's i mean i was years in front of you but you were still years ago and so that was even running from the very start 10 years ago i came on six years ago you came on you know four years ago or whatever and it worked all those years it just seemed actually i'm just doing this now it seemed like that and I don't think this is the case, but I, it seems like that happened as soon as it went public. Now, when I'm doing the timeline, <laughs> no, I think it, I know that they were already right robbing I, the percentage and in the like November December of 2018 is when my fares. Okay, when I, when okay. I started not making as much money, so it was I, April of 2019 when they went public. End of April. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that really explains that. So just running through it real quick though. Um, you know, I covered a lot of things. I, I, I think that some people might hear this as a, um, I mean, I hope people hear this if, if you, and maybe that's why manifestos. And again, this is done in a humorous way, people, but it is very serious too, because, um, I think maybe when you read it, you'll see it this way, but uh, it this is a pro-independent contractor way of looking at things because if we're not independent contractors, some of the, a lot of the things in here just don't work. You can't work multiple platforms. You can't work flex hours. And I know that there are those people who believe that you can out there. You know, um, I know that the very first carve-outs of AB5 were... Um, lawyers and uh, specialty doctors and stuff uh, you know that's not in a that's not really in the realm that we're talking about of the people who have been affected so um 
and then there were more carve outs and whatnot. But this is based on being a true independent contractor, not being an employee of the company. Because something I never understood either is uh, it seemed like the people who were in flooded markets um, weren't making enough were the ones who maybe got approached by Lorena Gonzalez or any of the pro AB5 team to be on that side. And yet a lot of those people, I even understand where they're coming from. I've heard what they have to say, but it never, I never understood why if, if that's how, if you got to that point with the company even if you forced their hand, why would you want to be an employee of that company? Of Uber or Lyft? Why we can we can just use those for examples, right. yes. I wouldn't. Uh, I think the flex hours are the most important thing. And also, I would see employment status as putting a cap on my wages. Like you can only earn right. this much. Oh, yeah. Um, the flex hours, I don't... I don't understand how people can see that as something that will still be available when you're an employee. Uh, but I think that maybe people are thinking of flex hours as that you get to schedule them when you want to work. Versus, well, there was, there was a lot of people you can work when you want, like, I don't want to schedule my time. I want to have free time today and go work. I, I, I don't want to diss on anything here, but there were a lot of people who truly believed that once this passed AB five, that well, I mean, a lot of people who really believed, yeah, you'll still, you can still work flex hours. Sure, you could, but unfortunately, there's not a chance in hell those companies are going to allow that. I, th I mean, they were looking at it like there's nothing illegal about doing flex hours, right? But they're not going to do that for you. <laughs> they're gonna... Well, the problem is that if all the drivers want to drive. On Friday night, and they have to pay everybody hourly wages. They're just going to let all the drivers log on more than they need and pay them all. Or cap them. Right. You know, like, hey, there's too many on the on the network at the time. Check back later. Or they'll go with the New York City way of allowing them to pick blocks. Right. And then all of those drivers lost. I mean, there are articles written that people can find where they say, Hey, they're making this much an hour now plus expenses. Yeah, well, the people that I know who drive there made twice as much as that number that often comes out in those articles. Like if it's like, yeah, now they make $27 with their expenses. Yeah, well, I people New York City is beyond expensive. And so the people I knew who worked there didn't even work unless they were doing 40, 50 bucks an hour minimal. Right. You know, and that's a lot easier pro New York's probably one of the easiest cities before they did this to make that much. I mean, you're constantly busy, constantly busy. And there's short trips, surges a lot. Um, I've talked to drivers out there. I mean, before this all happened in New York, it was, you know, it was a, it was a good gig. Right. I think it was different in California that they were so oversaturated with drivers at some point after all the driver referral bonuses and all the drivers are referring their friends and suddenly there's too many. I think that the pay really did drop in these areas. 
made it not worth people's while to drive. Um, I don't think that employment status is the way to correct that, though. Employee status. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, yeah. And I I mean, also, we're seeing right now, like, my work with with Para, for example, we're seeing that when people are applying for the 15 uh, gigs that you that we can do through one application that you might be approved by DoorDash in 24 to 48 hours. However, you might not be able to log onto the platform for three to six weeks. So they're actually doing a backlogging and not letting as many people go like they're And they're definitely there. They're, it seems handled right. Like, yes, you've been approved. Yes. Your background check has been done. So you know you're ready, but you're kind of in a line because there's too many people doing it. And so maybe maybe we just don't know yet because we've been in the pandemic. There's not been a need for rideshare, but maybe they've learned to maybe try that with rideshare. Everybody can apply. Everybody can get on the, pl- the platforms, again, which would make a lot of the projects at with Para um, – very important to all of you who want to be independent contractors because all of those are designed around that, how to, how to best optimize your money and time across multiple platforms. And as Marissa read, flex hours and uh, the ability to work 15 different platforms at your, at, on your time and which ones are paying the best and all that. Um, is dependent on you being an independent contractor because rideshare alone, I mean, you could, you know, if you become an employee, if this, if, if any of the States ever go for this fully, um, I think we'll see it play out in a very ugly way because if you become an employee, um, I've even been enough uh, employee of enough places where I've had to do non-competes with companies I haven't even heard of. So you're going to absolutely sign a non-compete if you're going to work for Uber and they get to a point where they have to pay your um, hourly, they have to pay your insurance, all that. They're not going to they're not going to go under the table if you work for Lyft and have a way of like arranging that with Lyft. You're going to pick one or the other. You're not going to be able to work. I mean, if you want to, if it's a job, it's a job. You're going to work for Uber, DoorDash, one, the other. You're not going to be able to work for all these. And I know a lot of people think you are. And legally, there's probably a way to allow you to do that. However, the definition of employment and a lot of the stuff we looked at specifically says that is exactly what you can't do. (laughs) Part of being an independent contractor is the ability to take on the projects you want, um, you know, there's a couple things that are different in the old model of independent contractor, like you write the bid, but we're now on app based platforms. And that's why this manifesto relates to that. I think a little better because, um, the old way of doing it is that you write out a bid that you hand it to the client that, but that's not how digital age, um, on demand apt act app-based access is, it works. It just doesn't. I mean, we're not, you know, unless you're, unless you're a specialty something that does only one thing, has your own business, and you come out and do bids, 
that's the only way that's done. There's no way to, to do this. And so that's, again, why the ABC test was such a failure and why this federal one looks, looks better already. And there are, you know, we've ran the test. There are ways to pass that and stay independent contractor, whereas the ABC test they made so you absolutely couldn't. And even, you know, even the nonprofit opera house owned by Gail Gordon in, in, in L.A., uh, we had her on, and now she's shut down. So now she's out of business. And she wasn't app-based anything. She was a nonprofit opera house um, doing special performances because they she had been doing it for years and this was her project to do uh, performances based on works that her mom had left behind so it it's just it's one of the sadder stories but there's so many out there but um this needed to be done i think that it somewhat meets in the middle of an ab5 and a and how far the ic end would go because I, you know, I when one side just tears apart another, I don't. The the subject becomes so muddied that I don't. I almost just get you know like ugh from both sides. So that was the purpose of this was to find something in the middle. And I'm not saying there can't be little tweaks to improve it, or maybe even percentage changes or whatever. I don't know. If maybe that's a state by state thing. Who knows? But. I do know that something like this is a, like I said before, Marissa read it, is a timely thing right now because, um, uh, hold on. Uh, so AB5 passed, um, last January 1st went into effect last year, 2020, and then the pandemic hit. Prop 22 was proposed to overrule it for app-based gig workers. Uh, Prop 22 on November 22nd passed by over 7 million votes in California, which is a completely blue state. So you can't blame this on a uh, political affiliation. This is just people wanting to be independent contractors. It's a separate thing. Um, but now there are groups trying to erase Prop 22 and it's all over Rideshare News right now because they are saying that it is unconstitutional. So they got their way with AB5, but nobody voted on it. It was a thing just done in Gavin Newsom's office on a weekend um, with, you know, 15 people around. They passed that, went into law January 1st, and... Uh, Uber fought it right out of the gate with Lyft and uh, DoorDash and uh, established Prop 22, where all Californians would have a, a right to vote on that. They did, and they decided that they wanted to be independent contractors. And even people who understood this who weren't in that boat still voted that way as well. I mean, it just works out for so many people. And as long as the taxes are being paid, there's no issue there. So, and now it's almost like we're hearing the stop the steal type thing, though. And I don't want to say that about EB5ers, but it is. It's like they're, you know, well, we're going to say that it's unconstitutional. We're going to, we're going to do all this. 
leading up to the vote of Prop 22, everybody was presenting their cases all over social media, all over everything. And it passed by 7 million votes. I mean, that's a, that's a win. Or that's a win for the independent contractor. And uh, back to the drawing board for the people who truly believe in AB5. Because I just... I think that what I've come up with here, and I'm not downplaying anybody's work, but is a better system than the employee model. First of all, the employee model could destroy Uber. They would, First, they would probably leave California. If another state did, they'd leave there. It could literally destroy the company. So it's like throwing the grenade into the, into the company because you don't like the way it operates. But like I was... Uh, Saying to Marissa earlier, it seems like I was always very shocked with the fact that the people who got most angry with Uber and certain specific changes or things they were doing were the ones saying, we want to be employees. That always shocked me. Like, why would you want to be an employee of a place you hate and you hate all their people who operate the company you slam them all over social. Why would you, why do you want to work for them when you can go get paid minimum wage with benefits at a different job? You know, it's again, you know, I often use bartender, but I, again, I got to use bartender. I mean, you know, we fought for the good shifts. We knew there were bad ones out there and you worked the bad ones. So you could get the good ones and hoped the overall balance would just come out. So it, I, to me, it comes out to this really, I think that just too many people signed in and thought this, uh, of course I can do this. And just like anything, you know, like some people aren't cut out to do this kind of work. And some markets are saturated so, so far that you shouldn't want to, unless that changes, because if you know your market's saturated, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't stop everybody from turning on and you can't wreck it for everybody. You know, it's, it's more like just look for something different if you can't make it work for you, you know. And you still are a part of it if you've applied and you're not liking it. It's not like you have to tell them you're not going to be driving anymore. Keep it on. You never know. You might you need a few bucks. You might need to... You might decide you want to do eats or something. I don't know, but you know, I guess there's that big that big part of me is always like, don't wreck it for everybody because I feel like a lot of people got really bitter at uh, the company and then wanted to be their employee. And the people who were making it work, who maybe had a lot of service industry background, whatever they might have done that led them to rideshare. I feel like those were the people who, yeah, they, were, they weren't they were happy about pay decreases or things like this. But they stuck it out, and they weren't the ones wanting to be employees. The people making it work weren't. It was the people who were getting pissed off at the company and not earning. And I think that just comes down to an issue of saturated markets um, or low... Um, demand for ride share even if it's not doesn't feel too saturated with drivers maybe there's just a low demand in your market i mean I, as i've as i've done uber lyft drivers for four years.com um one thing i've learned and even through this podcast is that 
how much each market to market is different. I mean, it's sometimes it's easy for me to just put my own head in Colorado and go, what are you guys talking about? But when I talk to people in Florida or I talk to people wherever, I mean, it is, you know, this app works here. The rest suck. You can't make money on them. Oh, here, this app, that app doesn't work, but this one does. The rest suck. Maybe it's all the apps suck. You can't make money. Every market is so different. And the conversations that I see go on on social media go on between everybody in all states. And to me, that's, that's, that, that just causes a lot of confusion because everybody's not necessarily telling mistruths or lying. They're just, they're talking about their market and other people. What I've seen is other people don't believe them. You can't do that. You don't know that you don't live there. So yes, if I lived in Los Angeles right now, I don't think that I would be an Uber or Lyft driver. Just, I mean, I'm not even gonna say San Francisco. I'm saying LA. It just seems like there's way too many. Um, and it's a market I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to take on, but I also wouldn't want to be an employee of it because it's too hard of a market to work in. Because even if it happened, you lose the flex time, you lose all the perks of this job, but then now you're an employee of this company that you don't even like. And, uh, you still can be fired. You still can be given one, two hour shift a week. I mean, they can do things, and trust me, they do do things like that because keeping you under a certain amount of hours requires less health care. And, you know, if you're part-time, you don't get all the benefits. So a lot of people seem to think that this would have just been everybody gets 40 hours. Well, that's not how it was going to work. You know, we had heard about franchise model, um, going through a hiring process with people, um, you know, taking top drivers and letting them pick blocks like New York. And I don't know. I just, to me that none of those work. And now prop 22 passed letting app based workers stay independent contractors. But now there's a whole group behind appealing prop 22 because it's unconstitutional. And on a federal level, they're creating a new ABC test because even they saw California's as something that you just, you can't be an independent contractor because you can't pass the test no matter what you do. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was just going to comment that if Uber and Lyft are forced to hire people as employees, that people do tend to forget that not everybody is getting hired. In fact, not even close. A small percentage of the current drivers will get hired. Right. Like so ten, they could like, say, you could vote, all right, I want to AB5, I want to be an employee. And when it comes down to it, you won, Uber's got to hire you, and they don't pick you. You're not on the list. So then or, you're out of a job. Or they do, and you're like, sweet. And. Let's even say that they allow you to turn on when you want, which they won't. But you can't work for other companies. You can only work for Uber. They allow you to turn or they don't. They're going to go to some kind of scheduling program. But one thing for sure, let's say that they do allow you to work when you want. They might no longer have the acceptance rate. 
And people might think that's a great thing that like, like, wow, it's gone. It might be gone because if you don't accept one, you're fired. (laughs) I mean, again, people, I'm not slamming anybody who thinks different. I'm just trying to put it out there as I, I've been an employee enough times. I've run enough of my own businesses that I think I have a very good understanding of this and the employee model is not what I think a lot of people think it appear it, it would be. Very few people would be able to stay on the platform. People would be held to do whatever your employer tells you to do. Um, you'd take the shifts that your employer gives you. Um, how would they pick the drivers they're going to keep? You know, how would they... Um, I don't know. I just, you absolutely would see that my guess is, is in the beginning, they wouldn't even know how to start filtering out the people. So you'd probably see some kind of New York system where you're picking blocks and your pecking order is dependent on total rides and, uh, ratings and some kind of equation there that lets you a certain group pick blocks first and then down the list to least rides and worst rating type thing. And by the time it gets to the people who are even just decently rated, you probably would have no shifts left to pick from in saturated markets. But that's just my opinion. Um, So I hope everybody uh, at least heard and maybe appreciated. I hope some of you from Uber and Lyft heard this because I think that the, one of the bigger points that is made here, and, and you know, as 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 time goes, and hopefully we add to this, and again, once it's posted, people comment underneath it. Tell me things to change. Tell me what you like. But um, I think one thing for sure is that uh, um, for Uber, it it really would balance. So if they want to say the twenty five percent wouldn't be enough, even if they're controlling the rate, and the rate does need to raise but that it won't be enough even if they're controlling the rate. Well, the, A, that's BS because they control the rate. They can make sure that they are making enough. B, as an SAAS, they're really only the middleman providing uh, servers in a network. They're not doing a lot of troubleshooting. They're not doing a lot of help because you're an independent contractor. But I also think for Uber, it would, as Marissa read, it would end many lawsuits where I think that just like the industries that they've dumped off that are non-rideshare related, micro-mobility, uh, Elevate, and Autonomous, all of those are sold off. Um, if they end the lawsuits, this starts putting a lot more cash flow into their pocket because if you follow the podcast or you follow even just the news or you read our website or wherever you get it, you're probably familiar with the fact that Uber is constantly in 10,000 lawsuits. Um, so that's a lot of wasted money, and often that's with drivers. To get this down to a locked thing where you – because, yes, the rideshare company is going to have to give a little bit here to say, yeah, okay, we'll only take 25% or 30%. You know, I, I, th- I would say 25, that's my number, but you know, let's say just whatever. So 25 Yes, we'll take that, and we will understand that we need to make our money off that. Um, Is a lot better than lawsuits, uh, employee status, battling state by state over independent contractor versus employee. 
um, you know, uh, fair way of testing if you are an, an independent contractor. So I don't think it takes away from free market America. I think that this is a, a new technology. And uh, even though it's been around for 10 years, I know, but it's still a new technology that needs to be treated a little bit different from uh, from self-employed or um, freelancers or things of that nature where the original uh, pre-ABC test with the one that ABC happened because of Dynamex, but whatever it was before that was like the one that's being written on the federal level, which was passable. But now we're at the ABC test, you can't pass it. And for people on the app-based platform side, you absolutely can't pass it. So um, anything else? No. <laughs> no? I think you about covered it. <laughs> Sorry these two came out late. Um, I really want to thank Marissa for helping. And... Uh, yeah, it just uh, a lot of things were going through my head. I was trying to get in more. I'm trying to, but I wanted this to be done. I wanted it to be done at least at this point, and I think this was a good stopping point. And I think that I would love, or I, I know I would love to hear what you have to say, or if you want to email us, Uber Lyft Drivers uh, at gmail.com or Rideshare Rodeo Podcast at gmail.com. You can Rideshare Rodeo.com. UberLiftDrivers.com. Um, you can hit contact through there. Uh, any any way of getting in touch through through Twitter, through other uh, social medias. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear what you have to think. And uh, I'm just glad I got to share this with you and put it out there because I don't see other people doing this, and it and it needs to be out there because um, I know that. It's still not over with all this AB5 stuff. Maybe not AB5 specifically, but the whole way that they were looking at how the country would end up if AB5 went the way they wanted, I think that we're they're still on a path to make that happen, and obviously they are. But um, I think that it's bad that Uber's on the other side trying to defeat it in such crazy uber type ways like to me let's come up with a solution like this and even though uber might go it's not our favorite solution okay well it might get you into profitability it's going to help drivers you can get better pr um, less lawsuits all this stuff and uh, for the for the drivers i think that everybody can understand where this is a win um but if you can't i'd love to hear from you uh Okay, so next week I have uh, Morad from the Driver app in London. Um, he is going to be on the podcast, and we are going to talk about uh, what's going on over there and what's going on over here and uh, see what syncs up and what doesn't. He does, he does some reporting like I do for Uber Lyft drivers um, on what's going on over there, and him and I chat from time to time, so... Uh, hopefully we'll find some good topics to cover that you guys will like and, uh, make sure and check out our Michigan buddies podcast, the gig economy podcast. Um, it's every other Wednesday at 9 PM Eastern on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, so the every other Wednesday is tomorrow. 
they are on and then every other Wednesday from there. So, um, but tomorrow's Wednesday should be an interesting one because I don't know what Jason and his team have planned, uh, for what they're going to cover this week. But, um, with the inauguration, uh, who knows what could happen in the news. And I would think that hopefully he will be talking about the subjects he's chose and not any beyond craziness that happens on this, in this, uh, uh, day tomorrow. Hopefully that is uh, more under control than was thought a couple weeks ago. And I, it, I think it seems to be. I'm, you know, I won't be shocked if little things happen, but I think if, overall I don't think that um, too much craziness will happen. Um, I think everybody was pretty embarrassed by the storming of the Capitol, um, Republicans and Democrats alike. And, uh, I don't think anybody wants anything to do with anything. <laughs> so, no breaking news tomorrow would be good. Yes, no breaking news tomorrow would be good. So we're gonna go. F- the orange man's gone tomorrow, and the old man moves in. So, <laughs> and the old man should do a better job, but hopefully we can just keep him on path with remembering his sentences and such. Um, (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm not real thrilled about anybody that's running. But I am thrilled about the change um, and the outlook on things under Biden. It'll just be, I think it's just going to be a different, interesting run of years. But um, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, shout out to those guys and make sure to check them out if you haven't. Again, it's the Gig Economy Podcast. Um, just like me, those guys are from Michigan and they do their uh, podcast out of Grand Rapids. Um, good guys, uh, great state, and uh, yeah, give it a check out. So, other than that, um, we will return to normal podcast next week and normal drop times or much earlier on in the day uh so we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo peace